Welcome to the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Mark Verdi, CEO and founder of the Content Marketing Plaza, bringing you two new episodes each week where I and top-level guests teach you how to get on more stages and make a profit from your public speaking. And we've talked about the business model in a few of these past episodes. And we're still relatively new at this podcast. We still have a single digit number for the episode, but we have talked about the business model a lot. And while it's great to know the business model so you can make money as you get on more of these stages, what really matters is getting to the foundation of delivering a great speech. Because if you deliver a great speech, more people will buy your products and services. More people will come up to you and say, hey, can you speak at my event? So the business side uh, can only have a ground. It can only grow if you are a great public speaker. So that's what we're going to focus on in this episode. Today's guest who joins us today, she is the president of Point Maker Communications, which provides a unique methodology for helping clients achieve their goals. Applying neuroscience to her coaching and training, she helps her clients challenge their old beliefs, outdated habits, and antiquated ways of thinking and communicating. She has been an active professional development trainer and coach since 2003. Today's guest for episode nine of the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast is none other than Jackie Kelso. Jackie, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Jackie, I'm so happy to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast, and I look forward to diving into this because we've talked about the business model in past episodes, but now we're going to talk about what actually makes a great speech, what makes a great public speaker. So uh, we're going to get into that. Before we do, though, can you share a little bit on uh, what brought you into public speaking first? Sure, Mark. Um, I was actually in advertising sales for 23 years, and always delivering presentations and pitches to people that that had been going on for years once i stepped into the professional development space and i realized that so many people have fear about public speaking or they have no clue as to how to structure a presentation or a pitch they don't understand the key components of delivery that mostly have to do with nonverbal signals and so i became fascinated the idea of bringing my expertise from years of sales plus having actual training by master trainers in presentation skill training to be able to help my clients with this very thing and it's interesting how you had this big background a lot of years and you decided let me help other people achieve success as public speakers and being able to get on the stage and deliver an epic experience for the attendees and when it comes to public speaking just the actual act of it uh it's one of those things where you see people give the same speech, but they have to really master it once before they can go all over the place and give it. So uh, what's your advice on the prep work for mastering uh, the public, the speech? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? That's a really smart question because most people will tell you when they think about preparing their speech or their presentation, let's say of a hundred percent, they'll say, yeah, I spend 90, 95% preparing and maybe 5%, you know, on practice. Mm -hmm. That is not the right math. Mm -hmm. When we prepare, 
it should be about 20% of the time and 80% in practicing. The reason is that it's the practicing and going over and over the material that we lose the need to have it scripted and we lose the need to know this follows this and this follows this um, or to memorize that I should say. And instead, we really know what we want to say so that even if we fall off and suddenly, oh, I forgot point number two, right. we can our way back to it, bridging or looping back to it in a clever way because we've practiced so much and we never want it to be rote. Um, so the, the key is that 80% of preparation is practice. So that means for the 20% that's preparation, instead of winging it, it's really important to have organized structures where we can plunk, plug our content into so that they may be boilerplate-ish, but it's okay because if we have these structures that have a certain flow, then it will be easier to put the content in for the specific presentation and easier for then for the practice time. Yeah, and I, I really like that math. You definitely want to spend more time practicing it because you could have a well-done presentation, but if you've never presented it before, it's not going to look that well, especially if you're looking back to see like what your bullet point is. Uh, one suggestion I do have is I like to use pictures in my presentation, so I just glance at the picture and uh, know exactly what to talk about. Of course, that still comes from practice. You have to be able, you have to know what the slide's telling you to say or right. know the uh, thoughts that you want to say in like what order. Uh, but it doesn't matter how good the slides look or how much value you provide. What it comes down to is also having a good speech and having it all organized. So I'm wondering, what do you say uh, would make a great, speech like what are some of the elements of that so what makes for a great speech is that we really understand what the expectations and the needs of the audience are that's what makes for a great speech that we understand what our audience is looking for from us what they will expect from us and that we're addressing those as our objectives our core objectives right up front so that content is targeted to the audience. That's what, and it, that's the basis for a good speech. Now you also referenced PowerPoint or slides, and and this is where people get lost in terms of their delivery. The PowerPoint presentation is not the presentation. You are the presentation. The PowerPoint is just a visual component, and like what you said, that contributes to the retention of the core messages but 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 so many people do slides where they'll have you know paragraphs or small yeah. images or it you don't want people trying to read what does that line say and, and take away attention from you the presenter because you're the presentation the slide should just be reflective of the key points you're making as a visual component because the thing about an audience is is in terms of their retention they retain information that includes both seeing and hearing. So the, the visual should help retain, but you are the one delivering the formal content. Yeah, the, uh, the slides, I mean, uh, we've all been there at least once where you have long paragraphs and it feels like the person's reading off the slide and that's like, I can read. You don't have to do this presentation. Just show me the slides. Uh, so you definitely, I uh, like 
one of the things I heard a good rule of thumb, I don't know if you could do this for every slide, but six words or less in a lot of pictures. A six by six rule, six lines per page, six words per line. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you don't want too many words because you don't want to turn your presentation into a reading class. You want to just right. have the presentation. where I should be on you, not on the uh, PowerPoint. That's correct. Now, with the uh, slides, I mean, if you use them right, they can really help you. So I'm wondering, like, how do you incorporate the slides? Like, do you incorporate media beyond the pictures or do you recommend just a simple approach for that? It, you know, everyone has a different style. Uh, sometimes embedding a video uh, in your presentation has a lot of value because it might seal a point, it might help get buy-in, it might provide evidence or support to your message. Uh, too many videos, it doesn't make sense. So a video, um, visual components that represent uh, a message. Um, I don't, I'm not in favor of a lot of animation. In fact, I don't like yeah. animation in my like presentations. Videos. They're goofy to me. They're unnecessary. If I'm making an illustration and key points, I'm going to use my voice, my my inflection, my emphasis. I don't need you know to click again to emphasize. I just I don't care about the animation. I'm the animated thing of the presentation. Yeah, I've seen some slides where it's animated. It's got music. It's painful. It's Goofy. painful to. Now, sometimes like you could incorporate that very nicely, but in my example, it was painful. Uh, it was just a presentation that I was watching. Uh, so uh, it's definitely good to make, sometimes it works, not always. Uh, but one of the things that I see a lot of speakers do, uh, especially the ones who they want to be that figure that their attendees really come to know, like, and trust is they like to tell stories. And especially like in a, place like TEDx, like it's entirely built on stories. Right. And some people, they don't feel like they have a good story. They're not sure where to start. So what's your advice for people to weave stories into their speech? How should we approach that part? Well, to remember that a story, a personal story, or even a story about something you've read or seen or something that ties into the core message that, that you want to convey can, can add a lot of value. The, the thing about a story is most people start off a story like this. I really would like to tell you a story about so-and-so and her dog. Well, the audience is saying to themselves, why should I listen to that? What we don't want to have happen is for an audience to think, what, what, why am I going to be hearing this story? So we get in immediately to a high dramatic point. So we don't give, we don't give the audience an opportunity to question, why is she going to tell me this story? So let's say uh, the point of my presentation was um, to um, deal with difficult things that happened in our childhood. I'm just making this up. Now I have an experience of having been hit by a car when I was 14 and it was a very serious accident. The last thing I would do would be to say, I want to tell you a story about an accident that I had when I was 14. Who cares? 
I don't want people to question that. So I might start with, I woke up screaming, mom, mom, where am I? Mm -hmm. Immediately pulling people in. So they're not thinking about themselves anymore. They're thinking about me and they're having an emotional reaction. And then I would peel back the layers of what happened and how I sit by the car and da, 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 and tie it to uh, the benefit to the audience for why I told them the story. I would make sure they understood that. So the key about storytelling is don't prep people, just get right into the drama, the high point, then you can back down, back into the detail. That's how you hook them. Well, that's a really interesting approach because usually like when you see in a movie, uh, like you have these building actions that get to the climax, but uh, you definitely want to grab them right away. Obviously, the more of those you have, the better, but it is certainly good to have that good hook in there uh, because our attention spans are very short. So you need a bunch of hooks, not just your, you know, your um, first sentence, but you need a bunch of hooks spread throughout the speech that's right that's the point is to hook them right away and uh and uh that's the power of of telling a story is the ability to draw them in right away and i mean, I, I do love the storytelling aspect if you do to find I, i'm sure we could all find like three to five good stories uh that can uh are a little dramatic or uh, support the message. So it's definitely something that we can all do. And another thing we can all do is pay more attention to the habits that we're developing because our habits really shape us for better or for worse. So with that in mind, Jackie, I wonder if you could share with us some of the habits you'd say uh, have been pretty important for you to become a successful speaker. Well, 90% of the most important parts of communication are nonverbal. So in terms of delivery, and this is where so many speakers fail to be uh, aware of, is that everything they say and everything they do, including the facial expressions and eye contact and body language and the energy and the gestures have to align with the message of the content because otherwise the content will get lost. So if I said to you, Mark, I'm so happy to be here today. This is very exciting. Mm. I'm not aligned at all. <laughs> Mark, I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you yeah, so much. For big difference. My message my, is aligned, my content with my delivery. And what speakers don't really know is that people are reading the nonverbal signals. Uh, we have what we call mirror neurons in our brains. And mirror neurons help us to understand the emotions of the other. We, that's how we empathize. So if I'm getting up uh, to speak and I'm like, this is really great. I'm so happy to be here. And, you know, we're going to have a great time. The mirror neurons in the audience can say, my speaker's not having a good day. I'm not going to have a good experience. Mm -hmm. But, hi, I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to share with you the information about da 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 which is exactly what you let you told me that you needed to hear then the mirror neurons of the audience wow this is going to be exciting i'm looking forward to this she really knows what i need 
So we want to think about that, that the delivery and the nonverbal signals that we're sending. Another key thing is to not be self-deprecating. Things never go perfect in a presentation. Just yesterday, I was delivering a presentation training course to clients. And when we were setting up, the room was very hard to coordinate logistically. The seating was weird. The space was off. And then last but not least, the projector and the screen wouldn't allow the PowerPoint to project nice and brightly. It was kind of dull. And I couldn't adjust the lights to really make the, the, the PowerPoint pop out. Yeah. And my, my, my initial thing was to say to everyone, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, the PowerPoint's not looking the way it should look. Uh, you don't do that, actually. You don't, you don't set people up to focus on what's not right. right. You overcome that by being a bolder presenter. If as long as you know they can see it, it may not be as clear as you like, it's good to go, you focus on the positive. And there are so many speakers that will get up and say, oh, I'm sorry, the layout's not great, the PowerPoint's not, uh, I, I know I don't look, my hair doesn't look right. Don't, don't diminish the perception of you. Be, uh, don't do that. Right. Audiences are not that focused on you anyway. What are they thinking? They're thinking about themselves. What's in it for me? They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking enough about you. So when I coach people on how to be great presenters, one of the key things I focus on is that when you start panicking inside, am I doing okay? You gotta remember, audience is not that focused. As long as you're delivering content that they expect and need, you're doing fine. And what you do immediately is you start asking yourself, Am I in a power stance? How, how are my gestures? What is my eye contact? Like you refer back to the skill of delivery off of, am I doing okay? Stop thinking about yourself. So go, go focus right back on the, the skill and is it suiting the needs of the audience? Uh, I love that idea of just focusing on the audience because if we think about ourselves and our every movement, I mean, you're going to know when you miss point two, but your audience will not know that. They, yeah, they will not notice at all. Uh, one thing that I do want to double down though, is Jack, you mentioned, uh, you know, slides, uh, they're not displaying, like don't start by saying, oh, I'm sorry about the slides. I'm sorry about this. And it's really important, uh, especially to not do that in the beginning, not at all, but especially not in the beginning because those first 30 seconds are probably the most important 30 seconds of your entire presentation. That's why every podcast episode, I come in super enthusiastic uh, because I love what I do, obviously, uh, but it's very different from you know me saying welcome to the show versus welcome to and the whole thing that I do. Uh, so the first 30 seconds truly matter more than any other time because they it determines how your attendees will view you and now determine how they view your presentation. And it's true that we have very few seconds to make a good first impression. I think it's about seven seconds. <laughs> yeah, people will assess us very quickly. There were, there were Harvard studies, I thought this was fascinating, of uh, uh, people having taken a course with a professor over a three month period and then grading his competencies as a professor. Then they sent the same survey to an audience that never took a course with this professor. They saw a video of him mute with a sound off, just, just seeing him deliver whatever over 10 seconds. 
And then they had to take the same exact survey of his core competencies. And it was amazing how the results lined up pretty well from the people who had actually taken the course, the people who had seen 10 seconds of the guy without any sound. That's how powerful people uh, will perceive us very quickly and, and using just nonverbal signals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, first impression, as Jackie mentioned earlier, it's not just what you say, it's the nonverbal stuff as well. And I mean, there's just so many ways, so many factors that go into creating that first impression. And certainly if you go out there and you start strong, you finish strong, it's going to uh, be a very great impression and people probably come up to you after your uh, speech is over. Right. Absolutely. Well, Jackie, I've really enjoyed this episode with you. I mean, you shared a lot of great insights with us. For people who want to learn more about you, uh, uh, see more of your work, where would we go? Thank you so much for asking. Well, I have a YouTube channel, Jackie Kelso, and it's Kelso, K-E-L-L-S-O, there are two L's. My company is Point Maker Communications, as Mark mentioned early on. So you can go to my website. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Uh, all over social media. And um, I would love to be able to help people who need support in their communication skills and in improving their public persona. Jackie, thank you so much for sharing all of those resources with us and your great insights on this episode. It was such a pleasure to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. Thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure to be here.